Thanks for subscribing to the One Cause Podcast. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, so we believe that the more you hear these truths, the more they will benefit your life. Remember, all it takes is believing it. Well, good morning, church family. I am really excited to be uh, finishing up our series, Alpha and Omega. How many of you have loved this series? I, I have truly loved it. Pastor Derek gave you the appetizer, the chips and salsa, the meat and potatoes, and I'm here today with the icing on the cake. If you like icing, great. Hopefully, you'll enjoy this. Zechariah 4.10 is, is a, a scripture that we've been camped out in for the last several weeks. But it also starts in, in Revelation where Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and last. And so, you know, uh, for most of my life, I thought Jesus is Alpha. He's over here. He's the beginning. And then later, he's Omega, Right. But, but that's not what that verse says. He says, I am, which means I am currently Alpha and Omega, all at the same time. So whenever endings in your life happen, you have an opportunity to invite Alpha into those Omegas and let him be who he wants to be in your life. All at the same time, as things are coming to an end in your life, he's there to bring you a beautiful new beginning. And I love that. Zechariah 4.10 says, for who has despised the day of small beginnings? And there's a lot of significance to this, uh, to this question in this passage specifically. If you don't know much about the history of, the, of Zechariah, this is when the children of Israel are coming out of 70 years of captivity in Babylon. This was a, an omega moment that they didn't ask for that they didn't know was coming, and they end up in, in captivity for 70 years. And at this point, a few of them have been released to come back. And Zechariah is looking upon the ruins of the temple. But what's, what's before him is complete and utter destruction. And he's coming back home from exile, and, and you, you know, no money, <laughs> no resources, no one to help him do it. No trade agreements with, with anyone else to, to get the supplies that he needs. You know, in life, there, we have these endings that happen sometimes. And when I read a story like this, I'm like, well, my life's not that bad. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it feels that bad. And you may be here today and, and you feel like you're looking at the ruins of a situation in your life. But I want to tell you, in looking at those ruins, the Lord said, but there's still a foundation there. There was a foundation that was laid, and it's still there. In Zechariah 4, starting in verse 6, this is the Lord speaking to him, and he says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, meaning not by wealth or your army or your resources, nor by power, your capacity or ability, but by my spirit. By my spirit, that word spirit there, one of the meanings is courage. It takes courage to look at ruins and see something come to life. And he's saying, it's not by what you do, it's not by what you have, but by my spirit, I will give you the courage, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? What is this? 
What is this mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. What Zerubbabel started, what was built, it, it may no longer be there, but the foundation is there. And I want to remind Zerubbabel to see what's still there, and he's going to finish it. He's going to have an omega moment with this temple. I, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised? And that word despised means who's seen as insignificant the day of small beginnings. For these seven rejoice. They find joy to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Today I want to take you to another passage and it's in Matthew 25, verse, starting in verse 14. And if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've probably heard this, this parable before. This is Jesus speaking to his followers and to his disciples. And he's telling them this story, and it's called the parable of the talents. And there are a lot of similarities between this parable and this passage in Zechariah. And today I, I want to give you some truths to take with you from both of these passages. It's about beginnings and endings. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. We're going to read several verses, so buckle, buckle your seatbelts. Who called his servants and delivered his goods to them. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But, dun, 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 never like to hear the but. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So, he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed, and I was afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away 
and cast the unprofitable servant into utter darkness. <laughs> there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. That's pretty heavy, right? But there are a couple of great truths that I have for you today that I want you to take with you that you can help you see the importance of a small beginning. To help you see the, if you are faithful over what God puts in your hand, God will use you to do amazing things. He will get you to your expected endings. Number one, the first, if you're taking notes, the first thing that I want you to know is everything that you need for your omega, God has placed within your alpha. Everything that you need for your omega moment, God has already placed within your alpha. So be a good steward of it. Steward your alpha well. God is not asking you to produce something out of nothing. See, in this passage, it says that the, when the master left, he gave them the talents. He handed it to them and said, do something with this. God, God is not going to just ask you to just figure it out. He's given you everything that you need. In fact, in 2 Peter 1, verse 3, it says, His divine power has given to us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. So he's given you everything that you need for this life, and he wants to partner with you through this beautiful small beginning to show you all the things that are there, all the promises that are there for you. It says, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us pretty good stuff. Eh, some decent promises. Nope. Has been given to us exceedingly great, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature. You have been given exceedingly great and precious promises to, to take this small beginning and do incredible things with it. I know sometimes it's hard. You, some of you here today may be facing a very small beginning. Maybe a relationship just ended in your life. Or maybe you lost somebody that you love. Or you're here starting a new job. Or a job has ended that you weren't expecting. But if you will let Jesus into that moment, if you will allow the Lord, you're, you're sitting here looking at this thing that feels so small and you're like, I don't know how anything can come of this. God can take that. God can put his power into that moment and bring something incredible out of it if you will allow him to do that. To be a steward is a, is a person who manages another's property or financial affairs. When Christ died and was buried and resurrected, and he said, when he said, it is finished, a will was enacted. A will that, that you are part of. You have an inheritance as a child of God in this life. This is not just about eternity. You're not just trying to get by through this life until you get to go to glory one day, Right? No, there was a will that was enacted with an inheritance. Has anyone in here ever gotten an inheritance? It's pretty cool. Derek and I received an inheritance from his grandma, and that was awesome. I didn't have to do anything except be part of his family. <laughs> it was awesome. But the inheritance that we get in this world are nothing compared to the inheritance that we have in Christ. It's nothing compared to that. But guess what? You have to show up to the reading of the will. 
You have to show up to the reading of the will, which is his word. You have to know what your inheritance is. You have to know who Jesus has made you to be. You have to know that even if you're facing a small beginning, that God is the God of the impossible, just like Pastor Derek said this morning. Ephesians 3, verse 20, and I've told you this, that I will say the scripture till the Lord comes back. So this is one of my favorites. And this is in the Passion. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Start thinking about that. What's my greatest request? Your most unbelievable dream? Have you even dreamed an unbelievable dream? And exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his what? His miraculous power. His miraculous power constantly energizes you. So he's given you promises, and then he's given you the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I know we read these scriptures, and we're like, oh, isn't that cute? But think about what that means. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Say, lives in me. Lives in me. That means that God can take dead things and bring them back to life in you. The resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. What's important about the story is that the five talent and the two talent guy did what was asked of them. They obviously were told something. They obviously were told something because they both went out and did the same thing. But the one talent guy, he decided to let fear call the shots. It's not about how much you've been given. It's about what you do with what you've been given. It's about what you do with what you've been given. The word ability in that passage means power. And, and it's used in opposition to the spirit of cowardice. And like I told you earlier, the word spirit in Zechariah, one of the meanings is courage. So your ability, the power that's on the inside of you that you receive from the Holy Spirit to do what God has placed in your hand to do, no matter how small it looks right now, makes you courageous to do it. It gives you the courage to do it. So even when you're looking at something that seems small and insignificant, through the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you will create something great. Why? Because God's the God of multiplication. That's just who he is. He loves to take small things and make them big. And he wants you to live a life beyond yourself. As a child of God, you should be living a life that's bigger than you. So people can look at your life and say, how do you live like that? God, I didn't do this. He did this through me because I was willing. I was willing to take what was put in my hand to do and trust God. I can think of story after story in the Bible. I mean, wouldn't it be great if God just did big beginnings? I mean, right? We would all love that, but that's not how he works. <laughs> and there's story after story in the Bible of these small beginnings that turn into these incredible endings. One of my favorite is Abraham. And Abraham is this old man, and God's like, you're going to have a son. And his body is dead in, in that. He has no way of producing seed. 
It's not even, a, in the natural, it's not a possibility at all. But the Bible says that Abraham did not waver at the promises of God. He, it says that he didn't even consider his flesh that was dead. That's a challenge for me. <laughs> I, I consider my circumstances a lot, if I'm just going to be honest. And I think we, if we were all honest, we would probably say the same thing. But that's why he's called the father of our faith. <laughs> but he didn't consider his body that was already dead. He didn't waver at the promises of God. And guess what? He had a son. And then he became the first of many sons. He became the father of not just one son, but a multitude of nations. Because what was small and seemed so impossible, he believed in it. And you're sitting in here today as Abraham's children. Every person in this room is a child of Abraham because he believed in something small. You know, another one is Moses. You know, he's a baby put in a basket in the Nile, left for whatever, alligators, whatever was coming. And he was a stutterer. But God used him to deliver his people. One of my very favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Esther. She was an orphan. She had no father or mother. And yet, from that small beginning of life, she saved her people from genocide. David, like Pastor Derek talked about, David and Joseph both. David, the shepherd boy who was rejected by his family, becomes the king of Israel. He didn't, he didn't despise that small beginning out in the shepherd field, in the sheep field. He took that time to learn process. He took that time to, to take what was in his hand, no matter how small it was, and let it become something great. Joseph, sold into slavery, rejected by his family, left for dead, saved his people, saved his family. And of course, my favorite story in the Bible, Jesus. This tells you just how, how much God is the God of small beginnings. He comes in a little tiny package called a baby into the world. And the biggest omega moment of all time happened from this little tiny alpha. From this little tiny alpha, the whole entire world was saved. The whole entire world was saved and changed forever because of a small beginning. That's how much God believes in small beginnings. He came with a small beginning. One of my very favorite personal stories of small beginnings is my mom and dad's. A lot of you know my parents in here. Some of you don't. But so I will tell you a little story about my mom and dad. My mom and dad, at 16 years old, fell in love and got married. And they lived in a little podunk small town called Thackerville, Oklahoma. For those of you in this room, it's Windstar, Oklahoma, if you don't know where Thackerville is. Surely you know where Windstar is. Uh, so they, they, were, they came together as, at 16 years old and fell in love and lived on, on a farm with my dad's parents. And by the time they graduated high school, they had one son that you know as Eric <laughs> and a second son on the way, Brandon. So when they graduated high school, 
They had two kids. They were still kids. And then one day, they had an encounter with Jesus. And they gave their lives to the Lord. And when that happened, a small beginning began. And what was put in their heart was to live a life telling people about Jesus. To live a life seeing the church be built. And then, of course, their favorite kid came a couple years later. (laughs) I kid, I kid. Uh, So they end up, these two country kids end up in South Dallas, Oak Cliff, at a school called Christ for the Nations. And they start, my dad worked full-time on the railroad, went to school full-time. My mom was raising three little kids, and they loved every second of it. Why? Because they believed that this small beginning that the Lord gave them would be significant. They never counted it as not important. They knew that what God was going to do through their lives was going to change the world around them. And we ended up out in San Angelo, and my dad pastored a church out there for many, many years. And there were beginnings and endings, and beginnings and endings. But they were faithful with every beginning and every ending. And there came a time where there were hundreds of people going to my dad's church. It was like the biggest spirit-filled church in San Angelo. And the Lord's like, I need you to go to Austin. And everybody was like, you are crazy. What are you doing? But he knew that God was in it. So he took this small beginning again and built a church in Austin. He, he took what was put in his hand to do. And he made something great out of it that my brother Brandon pastors now. And the stories, I could just keep going on and on with the alphas and omegas of their life. We're here today because of it. And two years ago, when we were at my dad's memorial service, I'm standing on the stage of this school that my parents went to in 1976 as these young kids with a dream in their heart, a small beginning. And I stood there. My dad became the director of that school. And through that, had influence over thousands and thousands of people. I can't even tell you how many people told told me that my dad changed their life. We had hundreds of people during the middle of a pandemic at this funeral. And thousands of people watching online. And I just thought, this is so incredible. This omega moment of my dad's life. Because he just never counted anything as insignificant. He took every small beginning and did something with it. Whatever you have in your hand right now, no matter how small it feels, within that alpha lies your omega. Within that alpha, God is there with you. Your alpha is there. And he wants to give you a glorious omega. You have to be willing to put on your eyes of faith and embrace it and see the significance of it. Choose not to despise it. Don't say, I don't know why I'm here. I wish I wasn't here. No, embrace it and say, God, I, don't, I can't see what you see, but I know you love me. And so I'm going to take what's in front of me. I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to be faithful over it. Job 8 verse 7 says, Though your beginning was small, 
yet your latter end would increase abundantly. That's the kind of eyes of faith you need to see. If you're in a place that feels small right now, just say, my latter end's gonna be great because God said it is. The second thing I want you to take with you today from this passage is perspective determines your outcome. So within your alpha lies your omega, so steward it well. But secondly, perspective determines your outcome. So it's real, this, this passage is so amazing to me because the five-talent five guy, he comes back. He's obviously really excited to show this master, look what I did with what you gave me. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. The literal meaning of that right there is puny things. Boy, that puts it in perspective. You've been faithful over what was puny, but I'm going to make you ruler over much. That word make is I'm going to cause you to stand and rule over much for a long time. And number two shows up super excited, ready to tell his master, look what I did with what you gave me. And we hear the same story, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over this few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Then we have the one talent guy. Now listen, don't worry about how many talents God's putting in your hand. It's not about that. It's about perspective. God's going to give you what you are capable of. Trust him in that. Because like I said, even with the one talent your life can expand because of the God that you serve. It says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. That doesn't sound like the guy I saw in these other two stories. But something about the way that the talent, the one talent guy saw his master caused him to do the wrong thing. How many of us throughout life have seen God in a way that's not fair, that's not right of who he is? See, the Bible says that we serve a good and loving father, that every good and perfect gift comes from him, and he never changes, and he gives you all these promises that are yours because of Jesus, but because of religion, because of things that have happened in our life, you view God in the wrong way. And if you view God in the wrong way, this is the kind of life that you end up with. Wicked and lazy servant. Ew. I don't ever want the Lord to say that about me, and I know you don't either. I knew you to be a hard man. That word knew is I perceived that. My perspective was that you're hard. And then it says, I was afraid. Which was which means I was terrified. So he's standing there as the master is giving. He's handing out, saying, hey, take this and do something with it. I want to give this to you. I believe in you. I know the abilities that are in you. And all he could hear was fear. He was letting fear just talk to him, letting fear call the shots. You know, and the, the funny thing is, he did do something. He didn't just go home and hang out with the talent. No, he dug a hole <laughs> and buried it in the ground. He took effort, but he put effort in the wrong thing because of his perspective. 
the thing that was so small became even smaller. He buries it in the ground, and then the master, you know, in New Living, the master says this like a question. So, you knew me to be a hard man? Hmm. Okay, if that's what you wanted to believe about me, then you should have at least taken it and put it in the bank. (laughs) So if you factor in inflation, because it says that he was gone for a long time, what was given to him is now worth less because he buried it. Five and two said, you delivered, you entrusted me with this. And because you entrusted me with this, I want to make you proud. I want to show, I want my life to show your goodness in my life. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. It says, enter in to the joy of your Lord. And this I love so much. Because <laughs> that word joy means the joy I received from you. Enter into the joy that I received watching you do this. Enter into the joy that I received seeing you walk out what I knew you could do. And see, God wants to do that in your life. He wants you to take something maybe that feels really small right now and see the potential in it. Don't despise it. See, like, Lord, this I know this is significant because you put it in my hand to do. And so I thank you that your Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me and is empowering me and everything that I have inside of me that gives me the ability to live out this life, to take this small thing and make something great out of it is because of Jesus. And when I trust in you and I know that you're a good father and you want good things for my life, when you do that and you walk in that, gosh, he's so happy. (laughs) He gets so much joy from that. Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You're that joy. You are the joy. So you're giving him double joy. When you say yes to him, joy. But when you walk out the promises, wow. Wow, to see your life be all that God wants your life to be by allowing Alpha and Omega into your life. You will have a life of joy. You will have a life that is empowered. You will live a life that is a big life. Just like God told Zechariah that he rejoiced to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Why? Because it was his destiny. It was his destiny to come back there and rebuild from the ruins, from something that was so small, yet a foundation was still there. And you may feel like your life is small, but Jesus has laid a foundation for you that you are called to build on. You are called to build on the foundation that Jesus has laid for you. What an incredible thing to be on the, the, the building site of your life with Alpha and Omega. It says that Zerubbabel would put the capstone on with shouts of grace, grace to it. And as you're walking out your destiny in Christ, his grace opens the doors. His grace makes a way for you. And if you don't know what grace is, it's not when you were supposed to get a spanking as a kid and you didn't get one. That was a relief, right? But that's not grace. We call it grace, but it isn't. 
That's mercy. You didn't get what you deserved. Mercy. Grace goes a step way further and says, I'm actually going to give you what you don't deserve. Not only are you not going to get what was supposed to be coming to you, you're going to get more. You're going to get what Jesus paid for. So his grace is covering your life. His unearned, you didn't do anything to deserve it, unmerited favor resides with you. The Bible says you have favor in the sight of God and man, so everywhere you go, you should be believing for God's favor. I'll even do it at the grocery store, Lord. Thank you that favor surrounds me. I need a good parking spot, right? (laughs) He cares about everything. If you'll start to trust him in the little, it'll make it a lot easier to believe him for the big. But his grace is the cornerstone of your life. And he wants your house to be beautiful and magnificent. So people will look at you and say, how did this happen to you? (laughs) And you can say, it's all Jesus. It's all my alpha and my omega. Me allowing him to come into my small beginnings and be in my endings. Even the endings that... especially the endings I didn't expect. Letting him in there to bring you a beautiful new beginning. You will live a life that I can promise you, I can promise you, if you partner with God in this life, your life is going to be better. And it's going to be good. It's going to be better than you could have ever expected. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you that you love us so much. God, that you've given us everything we need for this life. You've entrusted it to us as your children. And Lord, I just thank you that we will be faithful over the small beginnings. We will be faithful in the endings to just say, God, I'm giving this to you. I allow you, Lord, into this place to be Alpha and Omega. Maybe there are places today in your heart that you haven't let Jesus be Alpha and Omega. And now is a moment the word has gone forth there is a seed that needs to be planted and maybe you need to till up the ground of your heart and just say Lord I received the seed of this word today I'm going to plant that deep in my heart and I'm going to allow you to be my alpha and my omega that no matter what comes even the unexpected God you can do incredible things with so I trust you with my life To say, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my beginnings. I trust you with my endings and everything in between. (laughs) Lord, we're so grateful to be part of your family, to be your children, to be on the, the building site of life with you. Lord, and whenever our life is complete and we get to stand back and look at what you've built through us, We also get to enter into the joy that you get from seeing our life that way. So I thank you, Lord, for for fresh vision, fresh eyes to see the goodness of who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoying the podcast? If you want more, you can always visit One Cause Church on YouTube and Facebook to watch full services. 